0: Not the real story happened until the end slates of the each episode, which is funny. Give the man for Twitch to realize that I went live. <laughs> yeah, thank you again. I really appreciate it.
1: Anytime. appreciate you being patient with me too. I feel really bad about it. So thank you for putting up with me. It's no I, feel
0: like I... I literally I literally like that day, that Thursday anyway, I was I wasn't feeling I, I I was willing to do it, but I was like I was tired because everything started kind of coming back up, pumping back up in terms of work. But I'm also that week, um, there's some help for somebody who I work with I've had I had two interviews that week, one on Monday, and then the other one was on Thursday. So I literally was like, I, things are happening, and I just I like I I literally knew I was gonna crash when I hit that bed, which so I'm gonna do tonight because it was busy yet again. So I'm totally fine. I was willing to do the same thing tonight too, if you weren't feeling well.
1: I was having a great day today. I stopped working at about three o'clock and did a whole bunch of housework and cleaning took out the trash, brought it downstairs, broke down all the cardboard in the basement, and cleaned and replaced all my, like, cleaned and redid all my filters and replaced the water and, like, a whole bunch of other house chores and stuff like that. I went for, like, six straight hours.
0: Jeez. It's really nice. When I have a normal
1: day and I have energy, I feel great. And I Like, I get so much done. And then I have a crappy day and, like, sometimes I'll just spend the whole day in bed, which is really frustrating because I, like,
0: i know what i could
1: be like you know what i mean if i was just normal because i get these little previews of it's just like really frustrating that i can't just do this all the time you know and that's what i'm supposed to be doing i wish i could do it
0: speaking of normal welcome everybody to the next uh broadcast of the anime for a podcast season two uh with this one there's like one more episode of my hero before there's a break i suspect it's only gonna last a week i could be wrong but um nothing really different on the uh, i guess as we move forward uh nothing much different on our on our uh analytics right now I am slowly starting to see that it looks like the places that our podcast is listened to the most is on Google Chrome. So I guess people are listening to this through the podcast uh, through the Google podcast thing. Which, thank you for putting up with me and and, and my friend here, us nerding out about certain things, and also me getting uh, me getting upset about a motorcycle that keeps getting brought up weekly. It's becoming a thing now. I, I don't appreciate it.
1: I mean
0: I love him. I love Hermes. I would love love Hermes too if he just made sense for moving on. <laughs> if you didn't,
1: if you didn't love him, why did you bring him up? What do you like fighting?
0: I just want more. I just want some story with that guy in in, in story that makes sense but moving on. Uh Nah, nothing much going on here. We're still sitting at three followers, which is nice. I hope it looks like we're getting more hits everywhere else, so it doesn't seem like people are definitely clicking on us, and we think we might lose them within the first couple minutes. Which I apologize for that if any of that's happening right this second. But um, for this we're gonna talk about episodes 100 and 101. Yes, that's right, 100 of my hero, 100 episodes of my hero, uh, has aired last week. We're now at 101, just, but we'll we'll get to uh, 101 real soon. I,
1: I, if you want to keep your podcast listeners, why are you saying things that are going to get you ratioed, like like shooting down Hermes from Kino's journey? I don't think it'd be a shock if
0: there's anybody here who... I've been really wanting to figure out a little somewhere we could get some interaction with these followers, but I've yet to figure this out. Um, I'll work that out at some point, but I know there's got to be a way to get some interaction here. Because I like to be able to talk to, you, to these people who are uh, saying. Then again, um, if you guys want hit, to hit, um, hit hit me hit me up on uh, Twitter, you can. The handle is the game hunter Um Usually, uh, if you follow me there, you'll probably see a lot of other streams popping up, not just just this one. But hey, if you want to uh, talk about anime, sh- uh, hit me up there. I think you have a Twitter. If you do, you can sh- you can uh, pin that here if you want. Mr. Spirit Magic Helmet.
1: What's your
2: TikTok? Don't have one. What?
0: I just don't have one. What's your Instagram? I don't have one either. Facebook page. I want to keep that personal for family and friends. Do you have a Reddit? A what? Rabbit. No, actually I don't. And I don't think I can make that one. That we had to be something else entirely.
1: Are you on MySpace?
0: Wow, I haven't even heard that name in forever. You make me feel old. Thank you for that.
1: You just, I figured once, once I clearly established that you know nothing about social media, then I was starting to wonder if you were like, you know, boomer mode or something.
0: I have a Twitter, as far as where all the content that I ever post online goes. My Facebook is strictly for family and friends, and that's just how I feel about it. I didn't really want it. I only have it because of a friend a long time ago. Haven't talked to him in forever, actually. I don't know how he's doing. Okay, but uh, com- coming back to the anime, uh, episodes 100 and 101 of My Hero, uh, I guess we'll get to talk about episode 100. Essentially, there, we come off the uh, the final episode, well, the final episode of the arc with the, the joint training. Not joint training, but uh, the, the tournament thing that they had with the Class 1A class one and Class 1B. At uh, the beginning of the episode, we see that Shinzo is still talking about where he's... um. Where he needs to improve. He's not happy with just passing. Uh, I guess that wasn't... Either, either I didn't see that line in the episode prior, or I just didn't pick up on that he passed. But I'm still confused because it seems like they're still saying that he might not get into 1A or 1B because they're still critiquing him. That's what
1: I got I, from, from what, what you Vlad you said. The what? Last podcast that we talked, like you said that um, you're like, well, they didn't, he can't be in because they didn't say it was going to be 1A or 1B. And I'm like, well, they're just trying to give you something to dangle with. And you're like, no, 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 no. They're, they're not sure. And I'm like, no, they're sure. They just, they just want to give you something to, like, keep the suspense up.
0: Well, I mean, That's they're expected. still here talking about, like, if he's going to be in 1A or 1B. I don't know. It's either, to me, yeah, what I'm referring
1: to. It's like minutes past. Of course they're still talking about it. It's like eight minutes past. They need to reconvene and take a vote on it and decide where he's going to go and stuff like that. Like, yeah, they were, like, you know, like, they didn't decide before where he was going to be. I think this was to, like, see what he, where he placed, but they got to talk about it first.
0: This, they're talking about critiquing, though. I mean, I don't think he's in the class yet. That's what I'm saying. It seems, though, so, I mean, they would at least say that he was going to join 1A. They, they're still talking about, like, at least from the sub-episode, the sub of dash scene, it seems like there's still trying to figure out if he's going to be over there. I mean, he says probably, and he says most likely. That's still, that's still not, an, that's still not a definite.
1: But in the next episode, isn't it? If it's not this episode, in the next episode, they do officially decide that he's in it. I forget. I think they even decided what the class was.
0: No, I don't think they did. I think he just said they was doing the paperwork in episode, 100, episode 101. They didn't say what class he was in. Everybody was in there. They just didn't. They they didn't say he was going to be in Azawis' class or he was going to be in a and um Vlad. Yeah, Vlad's class. They didn't say. They didn't say.
1: I liked that Minetta was like being punished. Like she's she's acid girls. So like so into the idea of punishing Minetta brutally. And.
0: Her boobs were there and they were a fair game. I don't I don't think Mineta should be punished for that.
1: Yeah, but when they had the party, did you notice the Clockwork Orange reference? What? Have you seen the movie The Clockwork Clockwork Orange?
0: No, I've actually heard
1: of it, but that... It's a really old movie, but it's like a classic. It's like Silence of the Lambs Caliber. Like it's a Are
0: You talking about there yeah. when he's like having she's having him look at this uh... You, they have him strapped to a chair, and he's, like, watching what looks to be a torture and film. And
1: like, open. That's the reference to Clockwork Orange, I'm positive. Because that's what they do to him. Like, they're trying to reform this criminal. And they tie him up, and they bind him in a chair, and they pry his eyes open like that. And they start brainwashing him, forcing him to... Like, they, they give him this, like, chemical to, like, make him more vulnerable to it. And they start showing him all these videos... And every time he sees violence, like, the chemical makes him feel sick, and he starts associating violence and, and horrible acts and, and stuff like that with feeling really, really sick to his stomach. And, um... And that's what she's doing there. Like, it's a really humorous reference to Clockwork Orange, where they, they make it silly because that's a really serious movie. But it's the exact same thing, they're just making it silly. It's like... It's one of the most iconic moments from Clockwork Orange when they pry his eyes open. I've seen
0: that scene in pop culture, so, I mean, yeah, it stayed.
1: I'll drop a picture in Discord for you to show you what scene I'm talking about. But, yeah, I immediately saw that, and I was like, Ah, Clockwork Orange! She's brainwashing him out of, like, his, like, sexual obsession stuff. I don't think
0: that's a good idea, considering that's the only thing pushing him forward to be a hero. Nothing else. Well, There's nothing else about like at that. At that point, he should just quit trying to be a hero. At that point,
1: all they care about, all she cares about, I think, at that point, is that he like pushed his face into her boobs.
0: I don't. I understand. I understand why she's mad. Uh, at the same time. It's like, it's like, it, it, it was. It, yeah, I mean, yeah, he put himself there on purpose. But at the same time, he's still trying to protect her. I, mean, I feel like that should have canceled all that out. What he did protect her? <laughs> the great buckler protected. It. it was a shield.
1: But I think it's just supposed to be funny, though.
0: Yeah, I know it's funny. But I'm just saying that her 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 reaction to it just seems like I I don't know. I mean, like they're they're placing Mineta with other characters to see how he bounces off of them. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't attend that. That was actually something I read from oh the last minute. Gosh. But no, seriously, I think they're. It seems like with Manetta, like as like gimmicky and as like pervy as he is, they're really. Putting him with certain characters to see how well he been, he he actually works with them. He he works surprisingly well with a lot of people, considering his quirk isn't all that useful. But basically, because he can bounce off of his quirk, he bo- bounce off the squishy balls, he's actually really uh, he's a utility hero, like uh, the epitome of a utility hero.
1: He's got his balls all over the place, to be sure.
0: I guess you can say he went roll balls to the wall. I wish I had like a, a, a like one of those like uh I guess I want I'll call it a dad joke button just because I really
1: It's just some people you know, some people have uh blue balls but he takes it to the next level.
0: Oh dear. They're not really blue balls, they're purple balls but moving on. That's uh, was what that, I meant oh, another one, can I mean, 100? Level blue. Was that episode 100? Was that, was that scene actually in episode 100? I'm trying to, well episode 12 of season 5, but I need to figure that out actually. Was that, was that scene? I was trying to figure that out before I go back to the very beginning, talk about the small intricacies of what happened with Deku and and uh Oh that's right, Mo, we gotta talk about Monomo actually. Oh, yeah, and that Aizawa line. That line from a uh, from, uh, present Mike in Aizawa. Huh, I don't see that here. I'm skipping, skimming through it, but I don't see that. Must be episode 101, then. And what's happened before the Christmas thing?
2: Oh, wait. I think I'm, I think I'm finding it. It's a little bit past Todoroki. Start doing doing this live, but just trying to.
0: Also, I I got something to say about Eri, and I I just like that that is the she is the cutest character in this entire anime <laughs> for a lot of reasons.
1: You don't have a thing for Eri, now do you?
0: No, no, just I find like I I, I rarely I I rarely feel anything for characters that are supposed to be cute. Just for the sake of being cute, but Eri is a different type of cute. I should say more adorable, actually. That's probably why I should say she's more adorable, actually.
1: She rocks the turtleneck, to be sure.
0: I, I can't find it, in episode one hundred. So it must be in episode one hundred and one. But um, basically, like uh, back to back to Shinzo, he's talking about how he um he needs to improve. He's not he's not willing to accept just passing. He wants to he pretty much wants to be able to stand on his own. And he's saying is that he you know like for uh he was talking about how like, yeah you, you know how he's trying to use his strength for the strength's sake. Trying to help out Deku, trying to help him, you know, get control over uh Black Whip. And pretty much Deku pretty much comes comes down it's something that Jock says that Deku was not M V P during that entire situation. Deku brings up the fact that like you're talking about having strength for strength's sake. You know, Deku, he was not able to perform adequately, even though he still won. He wasn't able to perform adequately in that situation. He he lost control of his power again. Endangered a lot of people in that entire situation. Freak punched well not punched, like slapped chocolate in the face accidentally while she was trying to save him. Like that entire like the entire situation, Deku was realized that he wasn't all that helpful in, at all. He was more of a he was he was more of a detriment than anything else. Trying to like make Shinzo feel better. Then yeah, the parents say that now they're gonna have a review to see where he's gonna end up. We see Monomo, the guy who likes to talk a lot. Even though it's kind of funny that uh we don't see what's her name again, the girl with the big hands, uh Miss Clap. I forgot her name. Shoot.
1: Oh God, what is her name? I forgot her name. Dang it. Why
0: well, anyway, did I forget her name. It begins with an F, doesn't it?
2: Fabuki? No.
0: Um... The hero or something,
1: yeah. But big yeah, and I'm afraid
0: they to look shake. anything up. I don't want to get like spoiled. Big fists are quirk name. It'suki kendo, kendo, kendo.
1: Kendo, okay. Nothing like I said, but still. Kendo.
0: Well, you had you had like F. Her her. You talked about her quirk. Her quirk was called big fist. So you you were okay. wrong. But um, I'm surprised she wasn't there to you know, cry top of him in the in in the neck. But oh well, whatever. He still served his purpose because Asawa points him out. Well, before that, you know, uh, Deku was still trying to figure out why he wasn't able to activate One For All. He was so concerned about him blowing himself up, trying to use it. We see Asawa then talk to um, Monoma, saying that I'm gonna need you to come by see Eri later, and that catches him off guard because he wasn't expecting that. Um, pretty much as we're talking about Eri, we we cut to Lemillion and Eri, and apparently we see Eri. She's adjusting to life outside of uh what's his name? Chisaki's uh control. Uh apparently she couldn't write. That I was not aware of. Uh so that was cool. Another one of those moments where she she's being adorable. She's learning how to write. She wants to thank Deku for everything. Huh? How did she learn
1: to write in like fifteen minutes?
0: I don't think she was learning she just learned there or she was I think she was actively learning. Probably. Man, she and also we haven't seen her in in forever. I mean, I uh, the last time we saw that we saw her was during the incident with uh, Chisaki, and she was probably she probably had already learned a little bit of uh, how to write anyway. So, like, I mean, she she must have been in preschool that. Um, by, during the time she was she might have killed her parents. So I mean, accidentally anyway. But like, so I'm pretty sure she had some motor skill. She just probably wasn't able to. I thought she couldn't like. Form sentences, but I think I was wrong because she she speaks full sentences during during the entire situation with Chisaki. So never mind. I don't know where I got that from. but um but yeah, that was a that was like adorable moment between uh, Lemillion and her kind of like Lemillion like being a big brother to her because she has no real family,
1: yeah, I like that I like that that's like the way he can be a hero, so he's being the best hero he can be right now. I really miss the million. I hope that they give him powers back at some point. I mean, I I know there are hints
0: that they're trying, like I said with Monoma, there are hints that maybe she might be able to, she's still able to act when she activates it again, they need to get her to be able to control it, which is kind of the biggest problem with her, is that if she could rewind damage that was done, she probably could give him his powers back. You never really know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've heard lots of rumors that they're really setting her up to do that, but I don't know. I mean, I hope he gets his powers back. He doesn't really need them, because, I mean, he beat Chisuke down to a pulp without them. I mean, seriously. He didn't need them. Like, and I, like that's what really makes Lemillion cool to me, that he doesn't need them. If he needed to be, he could easily be a hero without a quirk. But, I mean, right. we'll see what happens. I would like his powers back, because I would like him to be able to slip through things, because, I mean, his power is really cool
1: with the how he fights. Uh, I like his personality I like that he's like so like I don't know like he's so like on par with with the best heroes that we've seen like they really do a good job of making like pure and innocent like Midoriya and like really like kind of reminding Midoriya of who he is you know what I mean that like part of him that could be so easily lost is like more like Wrapped up in like Bakugo and, and people that are drastically different from. It's nice for him to finally have someone around that isn't like
2: drastically different. You know what I mean? Like some of I don't know. I appreciate that about it. And like,
0: I don't know. I feel like this. I feel like I feel like Lemillion's different than Deku. I mean, yeah, they have similarities. Deku's very similar to everybody. I mean, if anything.
1: I feel like he's the most like Deku at the core you know what i mean At like what makes deku heroic like i feel like it's the most like him in that respect so i'm very grateful for the fact that midoriya can can see someone that shares like that kind of pure and simple value attitude about it but it's like sort of a big brother factor in that he's not like old enough to be his mentor but he's old enough to be kind of a big brother role for him i really like all those things about
2: him
0: yeah, I mean, I'm mean, glad that, that Yendeka you know, does have somebody like that who is ju- who is more powerful than he is at this current time. And technically still can't still outclass him. But, uh, speaking of Bakugo, we cut away from all from that cute, heartwarming moment with Lamillion Mil- and um, Aerie Child, which, by the way, we will see more cute, warming moments with her later on. But, uh i guess another thing too i guess we I, we didn't talk about this before at the very beginning of this podcast season two that it is winter for them in this in this show and because next episode is a christmas special well at the end of it anyway uh i didn't think that was actually going to be important but apparently i guess the weather is actually important enough to have a christmas party but uh back to the current episode we're talking about bakugo essentially now like we see bakugo like training with deku well Deku dodging an explosion blast uh, with Bakugou here trying to, trying to help him, I guess, get control over Black Whip. And All Might is over here having a heart attack. But uh, I guess Baku being Baku doing the best he can to help Deku in his own weird way. We uh, essentially learn here that uh, Deku has locked away, forcibly, the Black Whip because he wasn't ready to use it. Uh, we're getting more since synth- we're getting more hints that One For All is definitely responding to Deku's emotions. As for uh, I guess how he activated it in the first place, I thought the Black Lip dude said that it responded to Deku's desire to capture Monoma, but according to what I've been looking at here, and I watched it like three times, um, Deku says he doesn't know what triggered it. Which is weird, because I thought for sure the guy told him what triggered it, but I guess maybe that wasn't really what triggered it. Maybe what was just a phys- just a, an emotional state that he was in. I have no idea. So I thought that was weird. I mean, is that that big of a detail? Is that that big of a problem? But I, I thought think maybe very, they established.
1: I think it's very consistent with Deku early on when he was fighting. There was a scene where he was fighting against people, and he couldn't get as much of his power out as when he was fighting against robots and stuff like that. His fear of hurting somebody had allowed, had prevented him from unlocking as much of his power against fellow human beings as, as he could when he was fighting against something else because he had that mental block. And you see him in one of the previous episodes overtly say, like, this power could hurt somebody. I can't use it right now. And then ever since then, he hasn't really been able to use it. So it felt 100% sensible to me like i knew what was going on before they said it because it was so clear to me and it was so precedent in that other experience but i don't
0: know i mean I'm, was, more, I'm more concerned about like dickhead saying that he doesn't know what triggered it that that's that's mostly what i'm more concerned about because i thought the guy said when he talked to him well, more when he talked to Deku, but I'm pretty sure I thought he said what triggered it was, was are thinking of capturing him. And that's why the quirk woke up. But I guess maybe thinking about what he told him, I guess maybe he didn't know what really triggered it because he was very, he was very surprised that his quirk came out the first, came out first anyway. Which means that any of the seven, six, seven quirks that were inside that quirk, inside that power, um, could have easily come out even, I guess, if Deku was thinking about capturing. So I don't, I don't know. Like, it's like, I mean, they're talking about, like, what triggered it. That's all they were asking. Deku's like, what triggered it. But Deckard said he didn't know what triggered it. But I thought I th- I thought he was told what triggered it. But maybe, maybe that was wrong. Maybe, maybe it's one of those things where maybe they either forgot what, what they said or, um, or maybe that was a lie. that it wasn't him thinking of capturing Monoma was what triggered it. Actually, going back, I just not realize i skipped over something entirely dealing with Eerie. Um... Monoma does meet up with Eri, uh, well, millions well, with Eri, and we see uh, Monoma show up, and essentially Eri says like, oh, "That's the bad man," and he's like, "Why does she say that?" And he's like, "I told her to avoid you because you're the bad part of UA."
1: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> like, jeez, that was horrible. But um, essentially, we find out that uh, Monoma was asked by Zio to come down there to copy her quirk to um you see if he can't help her teach her how to use it oh it is here the uh the uh the scene where uh uh manette is being tortured uh, i thought it was in episode 100 i wasn't sure but yeah it's here but um to what i was saying as i jump back and forth frantically from topics but uh we see that monoma is uh well monoma explains here because we finally figure out what he talks about by blanks We find out why he can't copy certain quirks and it makes why he couldn't do it for one for all make more oh sense God. now. Is the fact that uh, he can't copy quirks that require uh, a stockpiling of uh, power to use. So he couldn't copy the full essence of one for all because it takes it, it takes Deku storing up energy to be able to use the power. Um, they use a more practical example, such as like he can't copy Fat Gum because he'd still be skinny. Uh, right. I well, thought that also- was funny.
1: I thought that was a bad example of it because Fatcom its not stockpiling so much as preparing his body to be useful for it. No, he—he, um,
0: um, he, I think he eats a lot to to stockpile fat. He is storing—he is storing fat. He isn't storing. I, I guess I say power is a bit like—he he can't copy crux that have to have to store something to be able to activate it.
1: Yeah, but that's—it's still different to me because Fatcom's abilities more closer to create than it is Midoriya's because Create is limited by her fat as well. Um I think that Midoriya's power is like built up over time. Like it's built up as he passes it down and stuff. Like when he first ate that hair he didn't go into full all might mode. It took a little while for it to settle in. When and I think that was the thing. Like, every time it's passed down, it's more powerful, but it takes some time. And that's why when um, All Might gave it away, he still had some stockpiled power, even after he gave it away, that was fading out. Because that was his buildup, and then stopped building up when he gave his quirk away, but he still had some kind of, like, sitting there stockpiled from when he, was, when he was building. It was like he had momentum left over. The battery, battery was
0: That's how Fat Gun's quirk works. Like, he just stores out fat to be able to use it as a shield. Yeah, it is a but, body thing, but I like the whole concept of like Momo was saying that he can't, well, not Momo, but Monoma says that he can't copy, he can't, he can't, he can copy the shell, but he can't copy the
1: innards. But Monoma has some fat. He would be able to use the ability at least a little bit. And if Monoma was somehow fat when he copied it, he would be just as as, just as powerful as Fat Gum. It, it doesn't strike me as the same kind of thing.
0: I don't think he could be as fat as Fat Gum. I don't think he can because Fagum's shape is different. His entire structure is based on his uh his quirk.
1: But if Monoma weighed like three hundred pounds, like he I would have been able to use that, that way. He would have been able to use some level of his quirk, I think.
0: Let me look up what he's what he says actually, just to be more specific. Because I don't think that's his, He can't copy quirks that have that have to stockpile stuff to even use it. He couldn't, I don't think, the, theoretically, he couldn't <laughs> use fat, uh, fat Gun's fat ability.
2: It didn't make sense to me when he said that, but like, why? It's like...
0: He, it's can't, he, the... he, he can't copy the energy. He can only copy the essence. He can't, uh, not the essence, but... Based uh, on one way he made a song, he can only copy a shell. He can't copy the entire thing. Like a a, a uh, like a like an egg. he he could you can duplicate you can duplicate like an egg, but some there might be a limit to big copying the inerts. possibly I mean, that's probably a bad combination. I mean, a bad like uh, analogy because that doesn't make any making sense. It might just be a limit like it's like it's one of those like weird limits to his quirk yeah. What do you mean by blanket means the same type as yours? Your quirk is stockpiling one too, right? I copy the nature of the quirk itself. If a quirk's where you accumulate something and change it into energy, I can't copy what needs to be accumulated. For example, comes quirk is one where you have to stockpile fat. Even if Moma copies it, he'd still be skinny. So his quirk is more of a, is more of like a he duplicates something versus him transforming. If he was a, tra- if he was transforming as he copied something, it'd be a different story. But he doesn't exactly transform, right? So you, like, like with the as it, with as weird logic as Fat Gums, like if he were, if his quirk had the nature of, tra- of transforming, when he did copy something, he probably could use Fat Gum stockpiling. But like, I mean, basically he's saying he can't copy stored energy he can only copy the basics of what the quirk is. So even right. like, uh, I, th- I even with Kaready, I think he could even, like, if he tried copying, I don't think he even that would even work.
1: Right. And it makes sense that five minutes in, he wouldn't stockpile anything. But, I don't know, I just, Fakum just struck me as a weird one because he seemed like, it didn't seem like the same deal for Fakum. Like, the he's same just using goes with-
0: when I copy uh-huh. your quirk but couldn't release any power. He can't copy stockpile. I mean, granted, I guess with that logic, like, why couldn't he just find a way to stockpile, stockpile the power on his own and during using it? But I don't know. Like, maybe he can't, like, because his quirk is just a copy. Like, he can't, like, his quirk won't allow him to, like, if a quirk takes two things, two outward, two outward, outward, uh, two outward parts to go into one, he can only copy one of the outward uh, parts. He can't copy both of them. Again, I think it's, it's probably... I mean, it makes sense to me. I mean, it makes sense to you, but, like, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a weird It's just a weird limitation of his, of his quirk that he has. Again, yeah. it's just a way to make sure his power isn't overpowered. Because, in reality, his power is really OP, technically speaking, because, I mean, he can just take anybody else's ability and run with it. But um
1: for five minutes I
0: mean, he could extend that. who's to say in his prime he can't make it infinite or however he how long he wants to take it because uh, hes just uh, he is just a high school student It's a possibility.
1: he could extend it more than it is. He already said what he used to be. He can copy more talents now than he used to be, but a lot of this universe is all of course have limitations so.
2: It wouldn't make sense within the universe rules for
1: for it to do that. But it could be a really powerful ability. It could be more powerful over time. I mean, with that logic, though, Deku... Like, like Deku's
0: going to be able to work past breaking his limbs. At that point, there is isn't limitation on his quirk. What?
1: I'm only
0: for, for crying out loud.
1: He'd still hurt himself if he used it with too much. He can only use, what, like, almost 20% or something?
0: Yeah, no, but I'm talking about, like, I, once he breaks past breaking his limbs. Because at some point, he will stop doing that. His body will get used to it. And that's all he's really trying to do is get to a point where his body will get used to the power. Once he does finally get past the limitation of his limbs breaking, there won't be a limit. There'll
2: I mean, still guess, be a limit. It'll just be incredibly
0: high. No, I don't think there'll be a limit.
1: There'll be a limit, and like he's going to be the most powerful. So, it's not going to be a big limit, but everybody has a limit. Like he can't just punch the sun and have it explode. Like he's still going to have limitations to what he can do. Prime can.
0: all Prime All Might, from what I can tell from the movies and everything like that, had no limit. He proves to draw back on the power he had.
2: I think there's a difference between being unbeatable and being... There was no limit that I saw on Prime All Might. Because he was way stronger than everyone.
0: There was still no limit. I mean, he's the only one, but there was still no limit. I'm just trying to make an argument that he could, like, like, there's gotta be something he can do for copyability, at least that way, because, I mean, it's, it's OP in a certain, in, in certain aspects, but it isn't OP in others, but, um, I guess we can move on from that, because I think there's not much other than, I mean, Deku freaking out about, like, why he didn't explode when he tried using it, but, uh, I mean, they explained that away. Oh, and Aerie has, like, Aerie's having that whole self-doubt thing again with her quirk because, you know, it's it's causing people problems. When it's not really causing people problems, they're just trying to figure out a a safe way for her to use it. I still find it weird that that quirk comes from a horn in her head. And it's really weird that to me, it's oh I I would see if it was in the center of her forehead, but it's not. It's on the side. Which is odd to me. Because that's kind of not symmetrical. And it's kind of bugging me a little bit. (laughs)
1: What is that? What was it? I'm
0: sorry. Nairi's horn on her head, where the power comes from. It's, instead of it being on the center of her forehead, it's on the side, and that's kind of bugging me, because it's not symmetrical.
1: Maybe she'll grow another horn when her perk matures.
0: I guess that's also a possibility. I guess after that, um, pretty much we, we uh, I guess, come back a little bit to uh, Deku and All Might having a conversation, and Bakugo being included now. now that he's inside the, um... Now he's in he's in the loop, and ba- uh, they're trying to they're trying to figure out what's going on with Deku's quirk. Well, all for one, and Bakugo says the thing that you know that makes sense is that his power came from one for all, so it would probably make sense that he he had more than one quirk inside of it. Um, Bakugo even flat out asks All Might if he's ever encountered this before, and he says nope. Um, He's never even heard of the bald man that Deku talked with. Apparently, he says his successor talked talked to him about a uh, a black a, a man with black hair that preceded his his uh, his master. So we do now know of another person besides the bald man that Deku met, and uh, Sh- uh, Shimura, the the woman that trained All Might. We now know of a guy with black hair. Um, that's about it. Uh. I guess that's cool. We're starting to we're starting to now piece we're starting to now piece together all the previous um, predecessors. Now, um, And I guess with that we jump from there to Bakugo and Todoroki going to get their provisional license. Uh, essentially, they...
1: <laughs> note, I've been watching this for a long time. Sometimes they draw All Might with his eyes drawn in, and sometimes they don't. Like sometimes it's just hollow black void. And sometimes he actually has his eyes drawn in there. Have you picked up in any patterns to that? Like when they decide to give they don't. I keep watching it looking for symbolism. Like is he? Uh, does he always have his eyes around Deku? Deku brings him to life. Proximity of the quirk is like little like symbolism there. Or does he have? He's,
0: he's always had. Eyes? He's always had his blue eyes in those no sockets.
1: But sometimes they are drawn without it. Sometimes they're just black.
0: I mean, the only time I, I mean, there are times when I I, I feel like I've seen that, but I don't think it has anything to do. I think you're looking too deep into his eyes. Like the only the only other thing about the only other note that I can bring about his eyes is, um, Deku probably knows this because he's an All Might fanboy. But uh, something happened to All Might during a mission, and pretty much I think he was pepper spray or something like that, and his eyes never were the same again. It's a very weird thing, and it doesn't make much sense. But I mean, it, it's the only other tidbit about those. Uh, sunken eyes. I mean, almost he almost looks to look like a skeleton. Yeah, I was about to say he looks very skeletal,
1: like, and it's sad, like, and it's distracting when they don't draw him without his blue eyes and the like, burning in the middle. Even when they draw him with the blue eyes, he looks kind of sad and burned out. But like when they draw him with no eyes at all, you're just like, oh, dude, you know. But like, i don't think
0: it's a simulation. I think it's just the animators like forgetting because they're they're animating a lot anyway. At this point, they're gonna—they're gonna miss something. They're not gonna—they're not gonna be perfect all the
1: dang time. No, they, they do it enough that I don't think it's them missing it. I think it's intentional. I—it might be like for many reasons, and not just one deep symbolic
2: reason, but like I'm positive that it's intentional.
0: There's no way that is because like I mean like all might no. There's never times and all might ha- doesn't have eyes and does, it doesn't mean anything like that I know. That's nothing. That's not even me. Like knowing things in the future. That's just I'm. I'm 100 positive. There is no meaning behind that. All Might has not been oh. the center of the an, an, anime, the show for like a couple of, like uh,
1: seasons that now. Have to be the center to be a, a thought out character. You know what I mean? Like they have all sorts of characters that could have very easily been just throwaway characters, like Kendu or you know some of the other ones that like they develop. Like that's one of the great things about this anime. Is that I like and think that every single character is cool, just about, you know, with the exception
2: of Endeavor. Like every single character is awesome, and Bakugo.
1: Other than Endeavor and Bakugo.
0: <laughs> yeah, I had a feeling. I, w- I was sitting. In- I was sitting there waiting for a cue. That is like, is he's doing that on purpose? But I like. Has, Seriously, I- like, a little over time- here picking my nose
1: they take the time making every character seem, like, really cool and unique, like, and they develop it. And, like, you get to know them, and that's, like, what I really like about them. But that being said, like, All Might being such a central character, like, I know that they draw him the way they do, all, like, emaciated and everything to, like, build on, like, how old and tired and burned out he is.
2: Also sort of, like, a warning to the pro heroes that for being a hero is, like, ending up old and tired like that. I get that, and I appreciate it. Like, at the same time, like,
1: I just feel like, given that that's like kind of the warning that, like, you might end up like this, I just die like, thinking about, like, exactly, like, what they're trying to get across with that part. You know what I mean? They're just kind of going back and forth so normal, and you notice it over time, and it just keeps you alert to I really don't think there's any real
0: meaning in in like if they are missing. I feel like it truly is the... because animators they, they are like because, just because something's happening uh, so many times, there's no real meaning behind it. Because animators, sometimes they just forget certain things. They can't draw everything perfectly or like near perfect. Is that is that physically possible? I mean, like that that would make you some like animation god or something like that. And the only person on that level is the guy who animates those like really cool action scenes, and I keep I don't know his name. I knew it once, but I don't know anymore.
1: Me... But the animation in this is extremely high quality if you look at like for example the party scene in episode 100 where everybody's like in party mode I absolutely love it. I rewound it and watched it a few times over because like they barely like almost barely tease some of the cool like drawings that they have like ah, I mean I don't want to say this because you know it's like a running joke with me but like Froppy and like that oversized sweater is like a really cool outfit for her and, like, as you pan over all the characters, they're wearing, like, really cool things, like, and you yeah. almost don't even recognize some of them. Do you know what I mean? And, like, the fungal lady, like, she looks kind of cool in that. And she doesn't look as weird as she did in her battle outfit. I mean, that's and...
0: just civilian clothing, though, and you don't, see, you don't see a lot of them in civilian clothing.
1: I, I know. it's in them Cr- all. It's like, that's just plain out civilian clothing. Trady's Cr- 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 got her hair down, and, like... It looks really cool. Like, it's not tied back. It's not put up. It's just, like, down. And she's wearing, like, I don't know, like, a cardigan or something. And Acid Girl's got, like, that one-piece, like, sweater miniskirt thing going on. And that's kind of cool. And, like, I don't know. I just, like, like, somebody, like, has, like, sports jersey on. And, like, all these little thought, Like, somebody had a headband on. All these little, like, things that they develop into it. And then they just pan over it for a second. And you're like, wow, that's so cool. And, like... I went back and paused it, and it's like... They've got such imagination in their animation style that it's just throwaway to them, and I'm, like, so into it I don't
0: know. I think that's great. No, no I get it. I mean, I've seen a lot of their civilian clothing just through the wiki. I mean, because they have, like, this, they have, like, the hand-drawn from the actual creator because he's hand-drawn all, all his... He's hand-drawn all his characters in civilian clothing. So I've see, I already yeah. seen a lot of this already. Wow, but I mean, even I'm,
1: the... Even some of the details, like when they were all in their Christmas outfits in the next episode, the the choices between green and red for like their, their elf or or like Santa outfits is really cool. I love that Bakugos in the back wearing like goth black instead and like rebelling against like the Christmas cheer of everybody and how they're like trying to like get him to wear it and everything. Just these details, these relentless details that the attention to details they have, like and animated a, puts that much thought into like literally everything and like when they have crowd scenes sometimes you look over the crowd and you're like oh like there's so many cool little animated like like easter eggs in there to like find like it's just too good to for them to overlook something like the eyes as not meaning something to the animators even if it's multiple things it'd be really hard for us to put our the um, only thing I could, I'm hard set on they not mean anything. The only thing I
0: can think is that there are times when his eyes aren't being shown. It's probably his eyes being closed, and then the moment that they glow is like when he opens his eyes because like, there's a lot. Of, the only times I can remember that they ever shown those eyes glowing is like when he he's looking at Deku when he's done something amazing that he didn't expect, which is actually 100 percent of the time now, but um because he doesn't have eyelids. All, all my eyes don't have eyelids anymore. So like like how do you how how do you animate somebody who doesn't have eyelids with their eyes closed? You can't unless you have a character like all might whose um sockets are like um better way to put it shade like like they have like sunglasses on his face, but he doesn't have eyelids anymore so if anything, I would attribute that to his eyes being closed or like his eyes halfway know. open they don't I don't think they mean anything more than that there's like that i i doubt that because he doesn't really have that much of a his his role in the series, even though it's important, is really just the mentor character, of Deku. He, he can't do much. I mean, by the end of this episode, you see that he can't do much other than maybe save a person, but almost get himself killed and have somebody else have to save him. Yeah. which I mean, I agree, that's symbolic in its own way, showing that All Might all Might isn't isn't the hero that he is anymore. Because, I mean, uh, both times that he's been in danger and been saved, it's been either by Deku, Deku or Bakugo. Deku kicks the... Uh, the cement block that's going to fall on him during the, uh, when he discovers shoot style, away as a way to say that, you know, now he's protecting All Might. And Bakugo does it here when, um, the carbonation dude, like, loses control over his gauntlets and slices the, uh, slices one of the streetlights. The uh, All Might, without thinking, jumps in the way to save the, the woman, but almost gets himself hit. Uh, Deku, uh, not Deku, but, uh, Bakugo jumps in and saves him. This is, I guess, it's yeah. one of those small details that shows that you know, All Might can't protect anybody anymore, other than the small things, such as like saving an individual who shouldn't have been out there to begin with, uh, getting put in danger. Um, because apparently, people are all like, "Oh, it's All Might," which is kind of funny just to still recognize him. But
1: um, yeah, it's, it's- such a fall grace, though. Like, you're just like, "Oh my God!" Like, you're of to be pitied now, I and mean, I feel terrible, I'm feeling bad for you because you're so, we're so mighty. But there's none of that left, really, except for, you know. But that's what the eyes represent to me, is his spirit. And that's why I keep looking. Like, I I perk up and, and draw attention to it when his eyes appear. Like, is that him, like, having some of his fire, like, come in emotionally? And, like, is that what's going on here, or is there something else, you know?
0: again i don't think they really mean anything i really some of the scenes i could say like okay his eyes coming in like i never thought about it at first but i'm pretty sure it's got to be because they can't animate him eyelids he doesn't have eyelids it's like his his like his <laughs> eyes his eye holes are literally burnt away he doesn't have eyelids so like yeah. if, if, if if there's any real way to show him having his eyes closed or his like because the animators they do have like some people, when they see something, their eyes like really open wide. But his eyes are always open wide. He doesn't have eyelids. You can't show expression in with him as easily as you can as a character like Deku or Bakugo or like Todoroki or you know people who actually have like who faces aren't who you know he isn't emancipated as you said before you know he hasn't been used up. But um. Yeah. I guess with that, like, like talking about like all my saving that one person, we see that there's a villain who I guess is a day job. He had a who hat well doesn't have a day job. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with him, but he has combination a, a control of a combination which it looks like water. Uh, it was kind of weird. Um, but essentially, this happens after Todoroki and the gang get their provisional license, and there's no heroes out on out on the pro- patrol. I assume because it's Christmas Eve. And, you know, everybody's at home with their parents, or at home with their family, and, you know, enjoying the holidays, but Todoroki and, you know, Bakugo are going home, and they are there just in time for an attack that they weren't expecting. And, um... It's really weird, that entire situation. He kind of, like, the gauntlets reminded me of, like, uh, Bakugo's, like, gauntlets. Like, how they're supposed... I guess they're supposed to be helpful for him. Uh... Since so they have a fight scene, Todoroki ends up, like, showing some new moves. Well, not new moves, like, old moves. But he gives names for them now. One of them I did not know had a name. It was the Ice Wall. Well, he doesn't give, a, he doesn't give a, a name for that, but he apparently has a name for that Ice Wall technique. Because he gives it a name in the next episode, episode 101. I didn't even know it had a name until he said it had a name. I was like, okay, well, that, I, I'm happy that they actually has a name. But, um... Uh, he also does the flash free the flash heat freeze. I forgot what it was like heat flash freeze. It was like that move that he used when De- when him and Deku clashed in the tournament. It was got such a, an awkward name, heat
1: freeze. Like it, I I don't get the point of that name. I I tried to think it through and I just couldn't think it through. It sounded heat and heat and cold
0: expand. Isn't it's pretty like he he's making an explosion. He's con- he's he, he's 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 constantly heating and freezing the air on his uh, in front of him, and it just causes a big explosion. It's a projectile. It's like the only move that we've seen him have that actually has any role, oomph to it. Because he uh, all he's really doing is just heating and like he's just heating and heating and freezing the air around him. It doesn't really do much more than that, but just do some damage. Yeah, it's just him combining both sides of his power, which he hasn't done a lot of.
1: So there goes your Nuance. So, I have another question for you. Episode 100 at 1038. Are you telling me that they're not deciding there that he's going and he's being accepted into, into the uh, hero training program? Because that's, a, if not, what are they talking about in that scene?
2: 1038?
1: Yeah, 1038, episode 100. He says, then it's decided, I'll take care of the paperwork. We see him in the back, like, on a, you guys just focus on the teaching. You see pictures of him, like, action photos of him in the background.
2: It's being run by Eraserhead,
1: who we know is, like, the one that's, thanks for your help, he says, and then they cut to the next scene. You're telling me that that's, and then he says Shinzo's similar, and they start talking about Shinzo as they walk away. So, if that, it's clearly about, the meeting was clearly about Shinzo, and even though they don't directly say that it's about his acceptance, what on earth else would it be about?
0: I I don't know, I mean, that looks like, for me, I, I wish they would just flat out say it, versus just all this, like, all this pussyfooting around about like if like what, he, what they're gonna do <laughs> i i don't like the i don't they like the, the that fake intrigue they're trying to we put we into this
1: they didn't say that which class like that was kept from us because it's like they want us to keep be engaged and curious about what's going to happen next but they told us there straight out there's no other way to interpret it they told us straight out there that he's moving on they're going to take care of the paperwork and it's decided There's
0: no other way to interpret that. Okay, I mean, I looked at it, I I said, i just saying that, like, when I was reading the manga, because I don't think I got to this point in the manga, this is kind of where I stopped. At some point, I don't know where I stopped. But like I said before, when I was reading it, I was confused because I didn't like the fake intrigue that they're putting into this. Like, if they're going to, if he's going in there, just flat out say it. I mean, great that he kind of flat out said it there, but I prefer that they say Shinzo's going to the hero class, hero course, versus all this. I'll take all the paperwork. Cause like everything like what? okay I, I I I get all that and it does look like he's moving on I just like I just didn't like all the fake intrigue they're putting into it like at this point like we've we what he can do I think he's more de- he's more deserving of it than like most people would would be he's proven that he he's capable There's like I just kind of wish they would just say like oh we're going to go to paperwork and we'll let you get to the teaching like can't you just say that he's in there. Just just so I can move on with my life. <laughs> Not
1: everybody needs it so clearly as you do.
0: I don't think I need it. I just preferred it. It's one of those things, like, you know, I got what they're saying there. I did. I even got it when I first watched it. I just sitting there saying this, like. Like, I just did like how, like, they they were kind of playing coy, but in reality, they weren't. Like, it just, like, it's, it seems like there were more. To me, I was taking it as an insult to my intelligence, but whatever. I guess we're never yeah. at the, at this point. Uh, I guess I skipped over this, glossed over this, but uh, there's a name blurted out, and I hope we see who the heck this one is, because apparently there's some backstory on Aizawa we don't know about. I mean, granted, we don't know anything about Aizawa at all, because he purposely avoids talking to people. <laughs> um, Shirakuma whoever this person is has some deep emotional, uh, implications with Aizawa. Uh, I don't know who this person is. Clearly isn't a parent. I don't think it's a girlfriend or even a love interest. I, it might have been some friend because we see when, when, uh, President Mike brings it up for the first time in a lot of things, he's got this serious space on, on on him and we know you know, race ahead and him go back. So, like, you know, Whatever this is, I don't know what it is. I'm actually interested in seeing what, what this means for Azawa's character. Like, I I hope that doesn't mean we're getting to the point where they're gonna kill him. Because we haven't seen a lot of like Eraserhead doing doing a lot of things. We've seen them all over the freaking place. We haven't we haven't seen him in a one on one fight.
1: I don't see them building up for him being killed.
0: They could. I mean, what's the point of even trying to? What what's the point of digging into his past now? I would have been more interested in digging in his past, like two seasons ago. Not saying his past wouldn't be interesting, but I'm just saying that I was like, I I, I would have felt like it was more. It would, to me it would have been more intriguing a long time ago when we all we we already weren't. At least I I'm
1: satisfied with where we are with him right now. Versus like, I think because originally his enigmatic nature was what made him spooky. Like they had this like sort of like half crazy like teacher that was like calling bluffs and saying and make, sometimes he'd tell them to do something almost impossible and sometimes he'd be like, Oh, the per the last person that comes in last year is getting kicked out of the program and you know what I mean? And he was testing Midori to see if you should kick him out or not. Like he was seriously considering kicking Midori out of the program entirely and then he decided he was okay to stay. And you had like this kind of like rogue element attitude about him. We used to call him kind of like the Batman. But he's not really Batman anymore. I don't I don't feel like He has that mysterious element. So now, rather than, like, keep pushing something that's not really... doesn't really have clout anymore, I think they're, like... they're leaning into the fact that he doesn't really have that aura of mystery anymore, and they're letting us learn about who he is. I think it's time for that. But
0: I would have preferred it a long time ago. Like, to me, I'm happy with where he is. I I don't really need to know about him anymore. I mean, he doesn't... To me, his... Uh, he doesn't... He, his, I mean, his character is cool, don't get me wrong. I, I like I like Eraserhead, but I'm not that intrigued to hear about some really random past because there hasn't been hints thrown out anywhere. This is like the first hint of anything about his past but that would apparently... Is. What?
1: Who he is is so parallel because he's such, like, a central part of the hero group. Like... He's the only one that can really control Arie if she goes out of control. He's a check on Midoriya. That um, you know what I mean. That we can't really like. I mean, I don't think like, learning about
0: his check. past would push he's his character secondary. forward for me. That's the
1: thing. He's a secondary mentor for Midoriya. He's a he's a control for Arie. He's like he's taken Lamillion under his wing. He's like he's done all these different things. Like he's. Like, he's a balance for um, All Might. Like, like, he's like a leader of, like, the Heroes Council. Like, whenever he comes in and has something to say, everybody kind of respects him. He's taken Shinzu under his wing as sort of a protege. And, like, you see him, like, teaching that. He's got, like, an important hand as an influence, almost as, like, a political figure. Like, he's got an important hand... In every single thing that goes on in this story, and I think it's really important to keep that in mind. Um, and and balance that and think about what he's going to do in situations. So I think as we continue to get to know him and he continues to evolve in the way that like he's at the center of all things, like we're going to we're gonna to want to be able to guess what he feels about those because generally what he says goes, right? Well yeah, I
0: get that, but what we'll... Wait, wait so i've seen I've seen story arcs with characters like Ozawa, and usually, if they're ever digging into their past,
1: they're going to kill him. I don't think they can make it without him. I think he's the I think of the full-blown heroes, he's the most important one to the story, not necessarily to everything, but I think to the story, I think he's in the center of every single plotline just about. And I don't know how they would make it without him. I, think, I just don't even think he's expendable.
0: Yeah, there are times in anime where I thought I cared it wasn't expendable and the the animator the, the creator didn't didn't care. Like the, the whole point of them was to have them there and then cut them when the time was necessary. Like I just like I feel like to me and I, I get where you're coming from, like you I mean it, it it's regardless of when they regardless of when they're digging into the backstory it, i mean it's good to know about him but at the same time i just feel like I'm, ha- I'm i'm not craving to learn about him it's like and usually i'm more invested in learning a backstory if i'm craving to learn about a character and I, I, i'm not craving to learn about him right now i'm just not and, not, and they're not going into it now and maybe at some point th- that will change and maybe i will crave to learn more about him but Cause back when he was introduced, that mysteriousness is literally what I wanted. To, I wanted to learn more about his background, like what he was like. Cause we only got a couple. We only got one. We only got like one like childhood uh, scene from him when he was with, um when he was with President Mike when they were deciding uh, when they were, were citing uh deciding hero names and we learned how he got racer head. That was cool. I I wish that when they had when they had revealed that they would have continued versus stopping there. Like, really? That's all we're going to learn is how he got his name is because of some really weird joke with his friend? Like, you can't learn more about him? Like, his parents? What the heck? I don't understand. Like, I feel like a lot of that was missed opportunity. If they were ever going to reveal how he got his name, they should have saved it for here. Versus dropping it versus dropping it in season one or season two. Season two or three. Versus dropping it there. I feel like it was an odd spot to draw how he got his name, even if it was just a joke there and then have another name pop up from his past it's like i feel like they could have done that better it and ma- it make me want to learn more about him like i like him as a character don't get me wrong i just like i just don't i'm not like when he's there i'm happy when he's there it's like yes he's here like, but like i don't i'm not like sitting here like for me a lot of times characters like i want if a character shows up, i want to say i want to know more about you where you come from i don't get that from izawa anymore there was a point when i did but like now it's just not anymore like it just seems so weird and they almost killed him in they almost killed him in season one. I say almost. They didn't kill him there, but like it seems to me it's like they look like very I've seen these traps before where they intended to kill character early on, but decided at the last minute not to. And then they kill him later. And upset the entire fan base. Looking at you, Naruto. Yeah.
1: I can I can agree that maybe they're not I can see why it's necessary from a writer's standpoint that we get to know him better, but I can also see from your standpoint that, like, despite them having to do it, they they didn't do it the best possible way.
0: I mean, whatever we find out about him, I'll be happy to find out about him. But I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and say that I was craving it. That's I guess someone not will say. I mean, granted, that could always change, but like I'm just I'm not. Like, I'm not at that point, it's like I'm not there anymore. He's still one of my favorite characters, but it's just that I feel like the time for me to be curious about him is past. I feel like I got everything I needed to know about him, or at least everything I wanted to know about him out in these, like, six seasons. So anything extra is like, oh, okay, didn't know that about him in the past. I want to look his name so badly, but I'm afraid of a spoiler, so I'm not going (laughs) to. Right now, the only thing about him right now like I mean, and I guess it's interesting when he brings up the name Shirakuma. Like Azawa just stamps him, stomps him down. Like immediately cuts it, cuts it short. Uh-huh. He really does not want to talk about him or her. And she maybe, maybe has some, maybe maybe that guy, that person has something to do with like how he is now. Maybe maybe that's maybe what they're trying to do. Because I mean, there are various scenes where Azawa is always sleeping, when well, not sleeping, but he's always in a sleeping bag, and sometimes he's not. And recently, he has been actually sleeping bagless, which is kind of funny. So, the part of his character to begin with, he was always tired.
1: Yeah, that's what it, they dropped a lot of that old stuff. He used to be kind of lazy and lackluster and tired. And now I wonder if it was all like a show to, like, kind of, like, throw the kids off balance. Because he seems like one of the more hypervigilant characters now. Like, he's always on point. With things, he's always in the middle of it.
0: I mean, his ga- when well, I gag, but his whole thing was the fact that he was a nighttime hero. He didn't like the uh, he didn't like, well, not nighttime, but underground hero. He didn't like the uh, publicity. They, they bring it up in episode one hundred that, like, you know, that he, he he he's learned to avoid um the media because he doesn't like them. I mean, he's shown throughout the course of the series he really doesn't like the media. Like uh, even when they're trying to get into the school to interview the students, he made sure they couldn't get in. Right, so I mean, they they kept that constant. So I mean, there is still some mystery. There's still some mystery with him. But it's like, I feel like they they're gonna have to really work that back up for him for me. Like he would have to have like the most cool, coolest scene in the entire series at this point to get me interested in learning more about him. And it's possible he could easily. But I was like, right now, I don't see it.
2: Or he's like the
1: informant or something.
0: But I love God. I hope that he's not the—he is not the snitch because, like, be, I will flip the table and this this podcast will end.
1: There's nobody like nobody more equipped to be
0: the snitch than him.
1: He's in everybody's confidence.
0: I will literally flip this table. Now, you can't see this, but I will literally flip this table.
1: <laughs> it'd be it'd be a different reason that they'd be building him up, though. Throwing that
0: out there. I guess. I but still, they they have, for me. They would have to earn my interest. But I guess with that, I think there's much more with this episode. I mean, yeah, we see Toroki and you know uh, K- Kachan uh, capture the Carbonation villain, and um, pretty much that's about. I mean, we have a slip and go uh, come in a hero that we've seen. That was season two or three, uh, and he's like congratulating congratulating them, saying that you two are uh, top notch heroes. Uh, we have the uh, the first play the ending song, but then you stay a little bit longer. and You see that um they have a little ending scene where Todoroki and you know Bakugo make it home, and they're all celebrating that they that they passed the uh, exam. And uh, Todoroki is being like Todoroki, he's like saying he's like he's like thanking everybody. A Momo and Iida are like saying happy happy for him. Uh, Kirishima and Deku are happy for um Bakugo and Bakugo is being Bakugo is saying like. Don't you look down on me you nerd. I was like, really? Really? <laughs> uh-huh. really no. Really now. Although we moved past that uh, Deku was never looking down on you.
1: <laughs> I know, he's never going to grow. Although I think in this case he was trying to he was playing it up so he can antagonize them.
0: I think he's grown. I don't think he's the same he was before because he isn't as he isn't as angry and violent as. He's still angry and violent, but he isn't as angry and violent as he used to be. <laughs> That's like how I like Bakugo for that because he hasn't, he like he's growing, but his tendencies aren't changing. I I prefer a rude a, a rude Bakugo versus a a, a nice and uh and uh, a nicely mannered Bakugo, in my opinion, because his 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 explosion quirk wouldn't really pair with his personality if he was mild mannered. I think that's, like, really what I, I enjoy about that character is, like, his explosion ability is really pair of his explosive personality. You know, when he's going to blow. But, um, I guess with that, we can move on to episode 101. Uh, I guess I'm going to get this out of the way now. There is, This part of this episode is a Christmas special. Um, and you, you just see everybody hanging out. Jock already brought up that we saw a lot of, like, cool costumes um, beforehand. We see them in their elf. In their uh in their santa costumes you know enjoying the holiday you know if you see them all like being friends it's like it's like a really good downtime episode that we see uh, part before of the episode we, that we see before
1: we dive too deep into that what is that first couple seconds of the episode all about
0: I want to skip I, w- I wanted to talk about that after because the 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 Christmas thing isn't all that important not much is happening there we're just seeing them you know beat kids and whatnot we will go back to that I don't plan okay. to stop I don't plan to not talk about that um,
1: okay, sure. Because it's so—it's only a few frames, and it's so easy to like look over. But you're like, yeah. Holy I know what are
0: talking about? I just—I really want to get description thing because it's not that important. <laughs> I I'd rather not end. I rather end the podcast on that. I rather end it on speculation. But um,
1: we were gonna end it on froppy. I
0: mean, Froppy's in both episodes, man. I don't know what you—what more you want? More but, Froppy. Um, this man never has enough froppy. This is getting this is, we going to send him into a froppy anonymous. But uh this is a this is a Christmas thing. They're all enjoying themselves, it's really cool. Um Aerie pops in. Uh, you know, and because apparently she's never had a holiday party, <laughs> she's like mixing up all these holidays. She gets Halloween in there. I think some really weird Japanese holiday gets slipped in there uh as well. She's she gives Uraraka Easter eggs, and it's just like it's just like I find that really adorable because apparently it's it's clear that she hasn't had a holiday in her life because because she, she's getting all these things mixed up.
1: Well, she lives kind of a dark life, doesn't she? What? She lives kind of a dark
0: life. Oh, she's lived a dark life. Okay, no, I yeah. I heard she looked like dark life, but I was like, am I not getting a novel reference for you? Cause like right now I don't know. I you know. okay. Yeah, but yeah, she's lived. Yeah, I'm not saying she. I'm not saying the. Re, uh, I'm not saying her actions here aren't justified. I'm just saying that it's like it really fed into the adorableness for me for her. Cause like it's clear that she hasn't. She hasn't done none of this, and it's like it's adorable that she's getting a chance to have a have a holiday, you know, party. Cause like of the life she's led
1: it's like it's really yeah. I mean, the fact that she's not completely destroyed emotionally is like. A big sign of how like how strong she is, I think. To be honest with you,
0: and we'll probably figure more about that and her her emotional strength later on. Because I mean, she it's clear that she can be emotionally devastated, but at the same time, you know, if you cheer her up and say that everything's gonna be all right, she'll take she'll take yeah, face value. I mean, like a five year old kid would, or six year old.
1: Yeah. But she um, really she really locks into Lamian, like for example, or Midoriya when she's like. She's like, my ability is just a curse, and blah, 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 and Midoriya's, like, jumped in in the last episode and, like, gave her a boost up, and it really worked, you know what I mean? So, her being around the million I think, is fantastic for her, and, like, it's great that he's doing that much with what he has right now, because he can't really do... Well, I mean, the
0: million I mean, I guess to log on the whole million thing before we, I guess, talk about that crazy, crazy five seconds early on in this episode. um. Uh-huh. But like I mean, like the, the, the one. I mean, the thing with her and him was just the fact that you know she, she was she was afraid of hurting Lamillion with Chisaki because Chisaki was always threatening people around her. Lamillion <laughs> didn't care, and was willing to go through any lim- limits and any walls, literally giving up his power to save this girl. At the end of the day, I feel like she probably wouldn't have locked onto him and really attached herself to him. And I mean, it makes sense. Like, I mean, she's the only other, like, adult, quote-unquote, figure that she has in her life, besides Azawa. But she isn't really clicking with Azawa, and Azawa is trying to do all he can to at least facilitate a normal life for her. Um, based on the fact that it seems like she goes wherever Azawa goes, like, I guess she might be living with him. I don't think they ever explained her housing situation, but, um... it makes sense, and she spends some time at the... Uh, at UA, I think Lemillion's still on, like, leave of school, like, school absence. So, I mean, I think, like, right now, like, it makes sense that she's everywhere where Lamillion is. He's trying, they're, trying, they're trying to make her feel comfortable so she doesn't freak out again. What seems to be the biggest thing with her is that they're trying to make sure she's comfortable so she doesn't lose lose herself. Because uh, if she did, she probably wind the entire um, facility around her. As they're trying to figure out how to help her, like at least at least that story threat hasn't been given up either. They're trying to figure out how to help her control her power. At least that threat hasn't been forgotten.
1: She has tremendous potential if they can just get it.
0: Let me add potential. I rewind anything. Yeah, I mean of course that'd be potential. They could probably find a way to put that into a into a jar and give it a (laughs) deck. It's just like here, break this in case of emergencies. I'm sorry. I just thought about that at the last minute. I was like, just give a bottle of rewind to Deku.
1: What would happen if you did it to uh, All Might? Would Deku lose his powers or would they both have them?
0: I, I, I mean, my theory is they probably would both have them, but the only problem with that is, like, I feel like for her quirk to rewind him, that means that there had to be some small speck, even a small speck of one for all inside of All Might. Granted, all Might is also an unprecedented force in All Might, and, and one for all, is the fact that, like, all the previous predecessors are dead. All Might is the only one living right now of all the previous predecessors. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, I guess it's always, like, I mean, it's, it's always a possibility, but I don't know if they're ever going to rewind All Might, because that would, like, remove any real tension the story has right now. I think All Might being there would remove all attention. But, uh,
1: with that... All for for one's just sitting, like, inviting his time, too. I've been waiting for that to blow up. When he started... He started talking to them, like, from his containment to the people that were holding him. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, he's there because he chooses to be. So, that, like, those two, like, lingering around, like, is just, like, pent-up, like, potential for, like, a big conflict. I mean, we're talking not about
0: the potential for it. conflict there. Um, but I'm
1: not convinced that all. For one, isn't gonna like be able to get his revenge if this keeps up the way it is. Like, there's a lot of a lot of creepers hanging out in the shadows still, you know.
0: mhm, I guess we're talking about that and like potential for devastation and uh death to all. Uh, Jock brought up the very five first couple of seconds of this episode, and um, it's in Deka City. And at first I watched this, I thought it was Shigaraki, but I looked at it again and I'm not certain that's Shigaraki. I don't think Shigaraki's hair was pure white. And that looked pure white. I'm gonna look at it again real quick just to make sure if it's pure white
1: or not. I'm hopping over to take a better look too.
0: At first I thought it was Shigaraki because it would make sense. Yeah, that is pure white. That is crazy white. Like, that is not him. I don't know who this guy is. I have my theories. Um, one of them being Toya. But I don't know who that is. That is not Shigaraki. <laughs> it, it looks like... It looks like...
1: like a- break ability. Huh? Like, it looks like it's shaking the ground pretty well. Like some sort of earth-moving ability
2: that's causing the problem. It's not Dobby, right? No,
0: Dobby's hair is black or blue. And that that guy is this smiling too is... much for Dobby. That guy is smiling way too much for Dobby.
1: <laughs> well, if you're like, oh my god, is this maybe um, Endeavor's lost ch- lost kid?
0: Um, from what we know, Endeavor says that he's dead.
2: Well, I mean, they said that Anakin Skywalker was dead.
0: I mean, I get you are coming from, but I don't, I don't know. It's I have the only- theories, but I'm not gonna
1: Endeavor's- say. And kids consistently have white hair. And that's why I was thinking about it.
0: Yeah, I know. I understand you are coming from. I'm just saying that I don't know. I mean, like I said, they, they, yeah, like I said, like he, they, they say he's dead, but they don't really, they don't really know that, and we don't know if there's a grave site at all if we do, if, we, if they, if he is pronounced dead but it may seem like they may seem like he was dead though mm-hmm. for whatever reason um let's see but that was a really crazy scene like that entire city was just demolished
1: <laughs> yeah it's a very like bash the stampede moment
2: Love of the gung-ho guns
0: I really didn't have a good memory of that of that show. I personally, I don't I I know who you're talking about. And I, and actually, I know I know who you're talking about, but my memory is just not that good. Uh, yeah. The gung-ho guns
1: were like torturing Vash, and they would all like cause big catastrophes and stuff like that to show him that he can't just stop all evil ever happening. You know what I mean? And he would just kind of like they would
2: sort of torture him by like. Um, Causing disasters, try to save everybody.
0: They would just prove it. Save everybody. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that playing out here. Uh, I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna just gloss over this because it's not that well. I mean, I don't know I don't know how important. I mean, we see that Todoroki and uh, Bakugo are like getting interviewed, and because Bakugo is being rude and a hole, they uh they chop they crop them out, and they only have the scene they only have the scenes that um. Toroki is speaking in and that agitates Bakugo to no end um says they protected him from the world so that way they didn't they don't like bash on him I don't know I feel like people have had to get used to the way Bakugo speaks cause like I mean he isn't gonna change for anybody <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
0: he doesn't mean die he's just saying I think he's just one to like yeah I'm gonna go all out <laughs> that's just how he speaks um, but yeah, that's, we see the devastation from Deka. I'm trying to figure out if that is, is like, um, because I know the creator likes Star Wars, and I know he likes, to play, he likes to play Star Wars references throughout the entirety of his show. I don't know if Data is actually a name, uh, a portmanteau or something from Deka Yeah, Dekka. I'm not sure if Deka is, like, a portmanteau of, um, of, of, of a planet from Star Wars. Well,
1: um, Dagobah. Dagobah's... Is- but I don't think big is I don't know what Dagobah sounds like in J- like when it's said with a Japanese accent probably is- okay. <laughs> I, I got
0: so I got a bristle thing up there and, and this is the third time I've seen this character in the show, and it's one because yeah. I wear about three times I gotta know um the dude that like the the reporter with the with the chimpanzee lips and the and the chimpanzee eyes is just a very animal like face. <laughs> Am I the only that that just is really uncomfortable when I see him like um he's at he's in episode one hundred I'm at uh five minutes from the front it's uh it's like to me it's very unsettling. you see his gums, his white teeth, his eyes are just wide, he could looks like an animal it's like it's very unsettling for me, and it's like I've been looking at it and trying to figure out why it's so unsettling, but it's just like. It's, it's very unsettling. was like, ugh. Put those teeth away, put those teeth away, man. Ugh. Because it's just very unsettling for me. Like, I, I, gotta get, I gotta get past it. Ugh. Uh. They, uh, for, at that point, they start talking about, uh, I guess, all the other stuff that's been happening. You know, all the hero work that's been happening because All Might is no longer around. Uh, they, they bring up Look Boy and, like, during his fight with uh, with that Nomu that he that nearly killed him. After all that's happening, we have Mountain Lady and Midnight Walk-In among um, Class One A to give them, a guess, well, Mountain Lady's here to give them a crash course in show business. Find it funny that they chose Mountain Lady, but I see why later on in the episode why they chose her. But um, I like how Manetta calls Mountain Lady out though. He's like, I'm not one to talk, but she's the most showbiz one here. <laughs> I like how they have Manetta to be the one to call her out. <laughs> i like, just like, I just find that pretty funny, and even he's even self aware how bad he is. <laughs> Well, like, that's why i like i like I like that manetta is like at least comic relief in situations where comic relief shouldn't be um,
1: you're a big fan of Minetta
0: I just like his randomness like i i know there's always gonna be like i I've said that there's always gonna be a pervy character in in anime, and I just like that is the one just because it's all <laughs> yeah. but um. I guess speaking of Mount Lady, she first brings up that because of the fact that you know they're starting to do more hero work now, they're going to be in the news more often, so they need to know how to how to act in um in a in a in an interview situation. And Mount Lady ends up uh, testing with Shoto, and again, what happened to Shoto? Because the questions that she asks give he gives some of the funniest and most golden answers I have ever seen in my life. Um, one of them. Is Mount Lady says like he he like he, like she makes like he may like if he if he were saving her he make her heart flutter, and he says, "Do you have heart problems?" <laughs> he looks so concerned.
1: I know, and then Baka goes like, "Okay, so he is kind of an idiot." <laughs> that was a great moment.
0: I just love. was like, "What is, what happened to him in his childhood besides the besides what we already know?" <laughs>
1: I do appreciate the slices of life in this. He is
0: clearly sheltered. It's like, I wouldn't expect him to be sheltered, but at the same time, it makes sense he's sheltered, but...
1: (laughs) I just thought it was, like, an extreme introversion, but I could see that as well.
0: No, I'm pretty sure it's because he's sheltered and he doesn't understand the meaning behind words. Because um, another one that Mount Lady says to him is that, you know, if you smile a lot, you smile, you slay some ladies. And he says, if I smile, they'll die. (laughs) <laughs> I laughed so
1: hard on that one because I was like, jeez. But it's sort of consistent because every time someone says something to him, he's so, like, wide-eyed and, like, naive about it, you know? I, mean, like, I can see like, that it's definitely introversion because
0: I could... I mean, I'm not like this, but I I could see myself being like that because I am an introvert by nature, so it's just...
1: <laughs> but even when he's like, talking to Creatine he's like, you're my role model. You know what I mean? Like, I'm counting on you
0: well I, but here's the thing with that the way the way momo was taking that it just seemed like to me that she had some secret crush on him that she doesn't know about and the way she reacted to that granted todoroki doesn't know i mean todoroki is one of those guys i, I could see that he says something to a girl and she take it the, she took it a different way than he intended and he won't know that she took it that way until le- weeks later <laughs> and He didn't meet it like that. It's just one of the things like, I get to see him being that guy. But I just find it funny that yeah, it's a slice of life moment, but it's it's just funny. It's just it's just like I, it's these types of situations that I wouldn't expect it to be in. But at the same time, it's so funny to see him in these situations. Yes, because he he has a hand on he has a hand on hero work so good so well, but he doesn't have a hand on like. Uh, Human, human interaction, a.k.a. introversion.
1: But, uh... When we were done watching this episode, me and Jesse, Jesse said, oh, that was kind of a fluffy episode. And I don't think so. I think that, like, these moments, like you're describing with Shoto, I think they're critical moments, like, they might not be, like, flying the plot forward, but little moments of, like, endearment and, like, laughing with the characters and having some moments with the characters like this really flesh them out, and it helps you care about them later when they're under conflict. Or their personalities under the test or something like that. Like having some like organic, like slice of life, like moments like this really, really help you invest in like who they are.
0: Yeah, I, I know you're talking about I mean putting a character in a situation they probably otherwise wouldn't find themselves in just to see how they react. And I, I would right. say that it's it's a situation just, I can see Shorter Show acting like this in real life, but I mean, he's only like fifteen. So I mean a lot of this makes sense. He's like he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna take because he's such a serious character up to this point he is going to take <laughs> slaying the ladies literally <laughs> because that's just who he is but uh I guess with that um they promote. much she like my lady uh asked him an interview question about like what like what is your what are your special moves and this is where I bring up that I didn't know his ice wall technique had a name and if I can get to the name real quick here it is heaven piercing ice wall i didn't know that wall had a name so now we now know that that's that has a name i shouldn't be shocked by this but at the same time i was confused if it did or not. he's always used it instinctively he's never used it in conjunction with a name so i thought that was cool and then i think yeah this one he does another move right because he covers an area stops others it's where it's con- crowd-controlled. Flash Freeze Heat Waves, the name of the move that he that he has where he expands the heat.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And they also bring up uh, uh, the move he was trying to do during the fight with um, with uh, 1B. And I don't know if he was trying to do the flash fire fist from the way he made it sound like he wasn't trying to do that. Um... He also brings the fact that he can't do it, and he's nowhere near his his old man's level. Um, I guess that's just more saying he doesn't have as con- much fine-tuned control over his flames as his father does. And, um... Yeah, I, I'm looking at it right now, and I, I get to the point where he's like, you, should, you slay a laser with you smile, and it's just like, the this look, the look on his face is perfect. <laughs> I don't know why. I need to get a screen cap of that. in this podcast, I'm sorry. It's just perfect. If I smile, they'll die. Just like he's
1: so concerned. Can I also just appreciate for a moment the um, the fact that Todoroki's like hair is red and white, and he's wearing a outfit that's red and white. And if you look at the ball at the end of his. The little balls at the end of each of their like Christmas hats has something that represents them. So Todoroki's like at the ball, the little cotton ball at the end of his hat is red and white, and the Rock Guys Red Riots is like a little rock at the end of his hat. Did you notice that?
0: No, I did not actually notice that. I did not. You gotta
1: that. check it out. It's like a great detail.
0: You guys will get to that at some point. Um... Now, as you get past to showing of power, uh, Tokiyami asked a really good question: Is like, like, are we supposed to show our moves? And this is where Mount Lady gets serious. And I was like, this is a side of her that I didn't know existed. But even Minetta actually brings that too. Is like a few minutes ago, the woman, uh, a character who was more concerned about how she, how people viewed her, was being real and saying that. It makes sense that you know, it's a story element and uh, to add into the anime world, like in terms of like. Because a lot of times people let people let me make, like, make fun of anime characters for yelling out their moves because like what's the point of that well in this in this world um it's a way to have civilians feel safe if they if they know what move is being shouted they know which hero is there um so in Shoto's situation if he becomes a pro hero if the situation calls where he uses the flat he uses the the heaven piercing wall they'll immediately know that he's there. It's a, it's, a, it's like a calling card. To, like That's why they make a move and they yell the name. It, it, make, it actually makes a lot of sense. I, I never thought about it in that, in that way. But it makes a lot of sense, actually. It's like, why would they yell and move? Well, in this situation, people need to know who you are. They're not going to know who you are. And, you know, they're not going to know anybody from UA um, unless they know them by their hero name. But unless, unless they know, I guess, something about them, they probably won't ever be able to, you know, know it instinctively that oh my goodness Deku's here or, or, or Rabbity or Froppy you know they're not gonna know so like it, it gets kind of cool granted Froppy doesn't really have a flashy move like that huh. but um that was kind of cool I mean they have you know pretty much My lady explains that you know they're work they're trying to like uh, work on their uh PR skills so that way people know who they are and he flashed back to when Mount Lady showed up out of nowhere and kicked uh, that giant dude in the first episode in the face.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So like I mean like they, they, they're, uh, she, they're she's she's being serious with the UA students uh, here, which is something that for the for the for a longest time didn't have a serious side to her at all whenever she was there. Didn't like her for that, but like I mean here it's kind of cool. But what I want to break up here too is that um. Pretty like uh Mineta brings up that it seems like she's changed as brings up that it's not just her, it's the other heroes too. And um, you know, because they don't have All Might being the 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 one the the end all be all force to stop all evil, all the other heroes have gotta stop up get step up. But I I, I view this as like All Might I, I say before and I said this before early on too, like All Might created a problem. And the problem that All Might created was the fact that he was the he, he, no one else he, no no one else was ever needed because All Might was going to be the one to stop a lot of the small crime and also the bigger crime, and because All Might was so dangerous, the villains didn't dare do anything, because if they they, they did something, All Might would just be there, and and I and like I blame I don't really truly blame All Might because I mean he was doing what he wanted to do, like that's about it. I mean I, you can't blame a guy for doing what he wanted to do. He wanted to be the pillar for society, but I think he created a problem because now that he's gone, you know, it's like, the villains are going to do what they want now because they're, they're not afraid of anybody. So in a real way, the the heroes got to step up now and create a new situation for the villains to be afraid of because now they're starting to become more active and crazier. And as you saw at the very beginning of the episode, there is something crazy going to go down at some point later on in this in this season.
1: I, don't I mean, know what like- it
0: is. But like, well, I guess I kind of like the like the dynamic they showed of like the hero pillar, and you see, you know, all, uh, you see Endeavor up there. And I say I I like this because like you know, there was a hero that needs other people to help him out, and that's nothing to be ashamed of. All Might's a hero that didn't need anybody's help, In in reality, he could have done it. he could he could do pretty much everything he needed to do on his own. I guess situation depending, but I mean for the, for the largest part, I don't think he needed help from anybody. If anything, they were just the other people were just there to you know detain the people he beat up. This is how I viewed it. I mean, I don't know how you viewed it.
1: No, I agree. I'm sorry that I agree. <sighs> <laughs> what? I'm just gonna do that. And just move on. Did you just hang up the hang up the call or something? No, like guy. He's
0: gone. No, he I'm still here. It. Wait, am I still here? What? Hello? Yeah, you're still here. I'm teasing you. Oh, don't do that, man. I'm having issues with the internet recently. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, we have all the, like, the, all the Class 1A saying their, um, catchphrase of what, you know, what's going to let people know they're there. And, um, Bakugo does the say. face. I'm not going to say anything random. I'm just going to shut up and follow me. I was like, that's. And just the face. Someone needs to screen cap that face too, because the face Baku had. <laughs> I think that was golden too. I think mean, the face he had when he said that. But, um.
1: When he said what? I'm sorry.
0: No, Baku was like, I'm not going to say anything random. Yeah, here it is. Like, I'm not going to say anything random. Just shut up and follow me. The face that he had when he said that was just golden and priceless. <laughs> It's like it's like a little kid who, who wants to be the leader, and he's not gonna he's not gonna he's not gonna settle for less. He doesn't want to play along at
1: all.
0: It's, I mean, <laughs> he said that right here. I mean, he, she says that right here. You don't see eye to eye with other people. Oh, and I guess the the interesting thing that I guess is not stated a lot is that you know Deku has stage fright. He literally freezes up when he's on doing a mock interview. <laughs> and I think that's golden too. It's like that's really funny. I guess it's kind of funny, too, like, a lot of the three characters here, like, Todoroki, Bakugo, and uh, Deku all have a have a moment here that's actually pretty funny that brings it to the forefront because of what happens later on in the after-credits se- sequence. But, um, Deku does, like, Bakugo, like, Deku does not know how to deal with stage fright, and he uh, freezes up really well. And, um, they bring up the fact that he, a lot of his moves are, like, copied from All Might, but he brings up that he's, he's like, made him more useful for him. And uh, this will bring up the other quirk that he de- that he showed, and Deku brings it out again for the first time after two weeks, and uh, it's only uh, it's it's only a small th- uh, thread. Which I mean, it's impressive that he can, he can just bring that out. But I guess another I want to bring up too is the fact that if you notice when when Deku brings that um, black lip out, it comes out of the uh, the knuckle barrier the knuckle gauntlets, so the the knuckle shaft things on his own fist. Mm-hmm. I thought that was an interesting little detail that it seems like the creator is like consciously making design choices on Deku's costume in preparation for a lot of this. Those were there like, um, that, the, 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 the when he had that fight with, uh, with gentlemen, like those, the gauntlets he got, he got those gauntlets during that, during that part, but there was no way we were going to know that he was going to get another quirk. So I love that, you know, he, he knows what he's doing and he knows what he's trying to do with Deku's abilities. And he's he's making the design choices there. To make it so that at least it makes sense out of where it comes from in, on, on Deku's body, I thought it was a really cool like the the little choice that they decided the the um, show there. I don't know if it's ever always going to come out of his uh out of those like little bar- barrels on his hand, but it's really cool that it looks like you know when he does eventually learn how to control Black Lip, it looks like he'll be able to like have like a claw technique coming out of his fist.
1: And that's exactly how I interpreted that—that that it was like that his gauntlets were there to facilitate the use of that. It's such a pitiful little opening, but, like, so was his first uses of All Might, so I think it's great.
0: I just like the design choice on the gauntlets, though, because, like, those were kind of cool. I never even thought about that until now, but I was like, yeah, it's really... So I'm actually kind of curious what other parts of, like, Deku's costume were designed in such a way for power to come out of it. I don't uh... see anywhere else on his... Like, other than the soles on his feet, Nothing else on his costume seems like it was designed to to do something like that, but hey, I could be wrong. I mean, it's pitiful, but Deku's happy. I mean, everybody else is like confused, but Deku's happy that he was able to get it to come out.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he has a lot of other things he could be doing with his costume, though. I mean, he's he jumps, he punches, he leaves, he... I think he, he seems more durable than Human being, so he must have a little bit of durability in his quirk, but he's just a slugger, like, before he picks up other other pieces to his quirk, right?
0: Yeah, what I would say is, like, I mean, that Deku, like, because, like, I, that, those barrels in his fist, those were a conscious decision made by the crater, not Deku. Those were a conscious thing that he did. And I thought it was kind of cool that he, he's actually using them, because, like, most people make design choices of the characters but they never really they're just there as a design choice and not really anything else um, I guess in conjunction with like the Christmas thing they bring up that work studies are coming back and uh, apparently the hero committee is making UA open them back up again. so a lot of UA students are talking about like where they're gonna go. Um, to do the worst story again. And we see Uraka and fropper are going to go back to, uh, Ryu? That, that dragon chick? Uh, I think Tokuyami will probably go, go back to working with Hawks, I'm pretty sure. Um, I don't know where Red Riot will go to work, though. I mean, he could go back working with Fat Gum. I mean, Fat Gum showed interest in him. So I guess that'd be cut of, that, that could be where he goes. Uh... They bring Kirishima brings up to, de, uh, to Bakugo is he gonna go back to best Genus. which we have a little bit of like a uh, a moment with de, uh, Bakugo and he's like looking um, at like what looks to be an iPad and we see that best Genus is still missing, which is kind of weird. I th- thought he was in the hospital, but I guess now he's missing. But um, you see also that Bakugo uh, we see a scene with him and best Genus from back in season two that we didn't really see and it was during a scene when when best Genus was like combing his hair. And he pretty much, like, uh, makes it interesting... What?
1: I'm uh, surprised, because, like, where did Best Genus even come from?
2: What are you talking about? I,
1: he was, like, injured to the point where I thought he either had to retire, or he was indefinitely out of commission. But um, now he's just back, being like, hey.
0: No, he's not back. That was a flashback that um, Bakugo had.
1: Oh, 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 okay, just making sure. So he... he... Best genus, as far as we know, is still out,
0: right? I mean, if you if you look at that scene where Bakugo is looking looking at that iPad thing, you see that it says Best genus is still
1: missing. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry.
0: No, there's no. I mean, there's no problem. I, I mean, I guess it's easy to overlook, but uh, I just thought I was because I thought he was in the hospital, so it's kind of weird that he's missing. So um, I, I, that was odd. I don't know. Maybe it's something. I don't know, but um. I want to bring us like, it's kind of cool that we see a little bit of a scene from Best Junius Bakugo. That it seems like Bakugo and him are bonded, uh, at, at to at a certain level, uh, because he goes out of his way to look to look for him. Um, but we got Bakugo on his own Bakugo faction saying that I'm, I'm I'll think about it, but I'm probably not gonna go back to him. But it was like it was kind of cool because they they have uh they they bring up some it's kind of interesting that I think there's gonna be some character growth with Bakugo, I found out there all this time where it's gonna involve his name is going to involve his hero name because uh Best Genius like says like when you become a second year and get your provisional license come back and tell me your name and it's like that's just kind of interesting like they're putting some emphasis on Baku's hero name for the first time in a while so I don't, I don't, yeah. know, what's the, I don't know what it's going to be because I mean it, he makes it seem like it's going to be a part of like Bakugo's like uh, uh upcoming I guess upbringing like, it's going to be about who you who he wants to be or he, who he needs to be so, that'd be kind of cool. Uh,
1: so anything else with that scene? I think you wax very poetic about your favorite characters.
0: So, going past them in the whole work studies. I guess another thing, too, like you brought up, like, Azala <laughs> being in the, being the, being this uh snitch. Uh is very positive nobody in no kids in the no students in a UA course are um
1: are like a, a spy. Oh, I was joking about eraserhead being the snitch. I was just I was joking about Eraserhead being the snitch, not Aizawa.
2: I don't think he is. I was just joking around about how terrible it would be.
0: Aizawa and Eraserhead are the same character.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I when you said Aizawa I was thinking Shinzo then. Yeah,
0: his student. I, mean, I never I thought of think... Shinzo like, I mean... Oh, you were joking that he was... Okay, yeah, I literally flipped the table off of that once. <laughs> <laughs> I was joking, but if that was the case, I would really flip the table. Yeah. You would not hear from me for the rest of the year. <laughs> like, Jesus. Like, that, I, I would I... though. hear you, like,
1: screaming all the way down there.
0: I, I way. really like Shinzo, and I don't want him to be a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> Cause they keep on making those things about him being a bad guy with his quirk. Like I don't it's want right. that. But, we know um, it's... but yeah, they keep they're positive that nobody in the, in the choruses. Oh, that, you were right. I look at the one of the scenes with uh, Kirishima and his his elf hat. There is a red rock on there.
1: Yeah, if you look at them all, they all do. Uh, have, Earphone Jack has a a musical note. Bakugo has a little explosion. Um, is I don't get. It's just sort of like a green, fluffy... Um, I think Invisible Girls is not there, which is kind of cute. Yeah, Uraraka has like a little planet. I'm guessing that's the best they could do with her.
2: Um, The bird guy. What's the bird guy's name?
0: Tokiyami?
1: Yeah, he's got like... His hat is drastically different, and it looks like it's His weird jagged head, but it's also got two feathers coming out of the top. Oh, that dude with the beard was Ida. I was so confused about who that guy
0: was.
1: (laughs) Yep. And then uh, Acid Girl has like a little splash of acid coming out of hers. They all have like their own little thing. I didn't give a good look. If you see a good look of Invisible Girl, I think hers is just not there, or it's the only one that you don't get to see. Um, but I think Invisible Girls one is just not there. I'm just not sure. I I kept looking at it.
0: I mean, I'd buy that. Uh, I guess while we're going through all that, too, we, uh, we, we we get confirmation about Night Eye's agency still working. You know, they're just, like, really busy because Night Eye was doing all the work before he died. Uh, rest uh-huh. in peace. Um, I mean, Deku's not all that concerned. I'd like to point out that goes like, black shirt. Does that look like the Punisher symbol?
1: Yeah, or something generic like that, yeah.
2: Halloween for Christmas. I mean, will people
0: have Christmas in July? I mean, so I'm sure. Why not? Yeah, that thing says, like, best genus is missing, which is weird. I don't know, like, maybe they lost track of him for whatever reason. I just like how Achido is so positive trying to get Baku into a Santa outfit. Like she's literally willing to risk her life to put him in that.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Grape has a grape on his, and uh, Sugar Rush has a little candy bar on his. I know I'm still harping on that, but I think it's cool.
0: Uh, like I guess we want to hop on something now. Nah, yeah, I'm at that point. Um, they make a big deal that he purely can cook regular food. I thought that was common knowledge.
1: <laughs> Deku has a little green splash on his, and I that's, almost... just,
0: that's just his hair when he uses one for all because it has a he, his hair has a green tint.
1: I just thought maybe that meant he didn't shave under his pants. That's all.
0: Good news for Araka? I don't know. Uh... <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean the carpet matches the drapes, isn't that what they're getting across? Oh dear.
0: I don't wanna know that.
1: I also kinda like the Christmas tree. I'm sorry I'm stuck on all this little holiday stuff. When oh, they panic the episode the anyway, tree, I
0: mean you know, at this point it doesn't matter.
1: Um when they do the Christmas tree and they're panning across it, like you can see like you can really pick out which who put what ornaments up there. You see like an all might ornament, you see big grape. Um, you see a frog. You see like an animal. You see a cross with a snake wrapped around it, and the cross and the snake are both black. And you know that was probably Bakugo. I love that. I love the little notes. That's what I mean. I just I love the depth of the animation, and that like there is so much to figure out.
0: I mean, they take there is animating from the manga. So I'm pretty sure that was in there in the manga anyway. I wish I actually had the volume for that. But I don't, unfortunately.
1: <sighs> but, um. I wish I'd been there for this. I would have loved to give Froppy a little secret Santa gift. You know what I mean?
0: If FBI knocks on your door, don't call me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she'd never know. I just have to open the door and she just frees up. You know. Jeez. She the can't move. having
0: their, you know, Christmas celebration. We see also that uh, Deku brings up, like, in his own mind, his own monologue, that, like, you know, he he he, he could, like, they hope they could do this again next year, which makes me believe that be those, that wording tells me that someone's gonna really get messed up around the holiday season next year. <laughs> I
1: don't know, that'll be sad, but it's likely. We'll
0: probably never make it to that point, which is probably the reason why we're even having this special anyway, near July. But, um... Speaking of presence, Tokiyami and that giant buster sword has, has been bugging me the entire time.
1: Is it a Final Fantasy reference?
0: I'm calling it a buster sword I don't know what it is. It, it's as big as one. I'll say that much.
1: It made, It made me immediately think of Cloud.
0: The only problem, like, I have is, like, it seems so random at a place to put like a Final Fantasy reference. Then again, I, I mean, it's it's also possible the creator might be a fan of Final Fantasy, which wouldn't be too much of a shock. Uh-huh. But it seems so like on the nose to, with all the other references that he's made, it seems so on the nose to put a Buster Sword into the into the into his show. But
1: he likes to, he likes to break his own animation style from time to time just to remind you that he can. I mean, some of the heroes you see are just drastically from different worlds of animation than other ones, like the comic book guy, for example, or just like some of the miscellaneous ones that they throw in here are just drastically different. I think he does that just to like give himself the freedom to break his own rules with animation as often as he wants without, without it being anything more than quirky. It's almost like to reserve the right to do it, he has to do it once in a while. And it's fun. So I think it's kind of a cool little thing that he does.
0: Yeah, the, then they didn't give the sword to Ari and it's, it it still
1: confuses me. <laughs> and then the reaction, I forget who it is but somebody reacts like what?
0: in the yeah, background. I say that that's Tailman but I don't know if that's cuz I mean he's the only other blonde guy there, right?
2: I don't remember. I mean, some of the people that were there were from Class B.
0: Was Class B really there with them? I didn't. I didn't see anybody from Class B.
1: You saw the big, not in those scenes, but in the earlier party, the Class B hanging out. There was Red Riot's um, metallic counterpart, and there was the giant hand one. Speaking of that, had...
0: I love that. I mean, I already brought this up before how I, I like that. Like they, they're starting to make differences between those two. Because they're not one hundred percent the same, their abilities are anyway. I like that they've made the reference in the show that like you know he can't, he confirmed it, he cannot, um, he cannot make the metal that he turns into denser, but he can resist the heat. Kira, on the other hand, can make himself uh like the skin on his on his on his body denser, well not denser but like harder. So I do like that they finally, at least, they're finally making those differences because it kind of irks me a little bit that they say that they're the same that their powers are basically the same. I mean, on the base level, yes, but like when you get out of it, they're not the same.
1: Yeah.
0: I guess the end is off here. Uh, essentially, I said this earlier on, but like um, Todoroki extends an invitation for uh, Deku and Bakugo because they don't have anywhere to go for their internships to to come with him to his father's agency, and like that was like it was like kind of a shock it looks like it was a shock to uh it was a shock to Bakugo because he panned him first and he panned the deku and he's like shocked that he even offered to offered to him as well so it's kind of cool that it seems like they're 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 having their friendships getting getting better let like but it's essentially yeah it looks like they're going to be uh, interning with endeavor so we'll be seeing a lot more of him in the next several episodes i think i think this starts the new arc if I think correctly, I think it's called the Endeavor Agency Arc. I think that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing next, is that we're dealing with that now. So that's pretty cool that, like, we got all that. We we had a little downtime that I think was necessary because of all the action that we had and the new power that Deku got. But I guess it also makes sense, too, why Deku would probably go there because, I mean, he taught Todoroki how to use both his powers, so it probably makes sense that maybe he could teach him how to use his powers. At least the other power he has, or learn how to control both quirks at the same time. I guess.
1: Yeah, I think I think Deku will be up for the challenge. I think uh, Icy Hot's going to be happy to have a little bit of company there, and maybe even Bakugo will learn something valuable other than just throwing fire. He, Endeavor might have some actual, like, straight-up um, wisdom to share for him. You
2: know what I mean? Because I feel like maybe at some point in his life. Endeavor went through something like Bakugou's gonna like going through now, you know what I mean? Like maybe Endeavor
1: used to have a difficult time controlling his temper and stuff like that too because it does sort of seem a little bit on the short-tempered side and maybe he can like help Bakugo like cool himself down and maybe some of the Bakugo will
2: actually listen to when it comes to some of that stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, Endeavor's kind of calmed down, though. He's kind of like cooled his, cooled his temper now in recent I times. Get
3: the,
1: I get the feeling that Endeavor might have been somebody that, when he was Bakugo's age, was kind of a hothead, too. So if you think of it that way, like, he'd be like, yeah, I used to be like that. Here's what I did when I was at UFA. Bakugo's not going to see him as like a total tool because Endeavor still comes across as across pretty fierce. You know what I mean? He'd just be like, yeah. I'm, you know what I mean I, he mean, I think
0: would listen to him too just because he's a, he's the number one he, you know, and that's the that's where he's going after anyway.
1: <laughs> it would work so well with All Might, but All Might is such a like a Boy Scout. I think he might listen more to someone that's not quite a, such a Boy Scout.
0: I mean, I hope he listens because I mean, Endeavor is a flawed character, and I and I enjoyed flawed characters a lot more than perfect characters. Not saying that perfect characters aren't good. I just enjoy flawed characters a little bit more because there's more depth you can, you can go through with them. But uh... I mean, I, honestly, if any character he, he listens to, he it probably probably be all Endeavor anyway. I mean, he looks up to All Might, but not enough to the point where he'll take he, he'll he'll take kindness from him either. So if anything, Endeavor yeah. probably the person like see that what, what Bakugo needs, because it seems like Best Genus got through to Bakugo, and Best Genus didn't treat him. It, it, actually, Best Genes kind of treated him the, uh, and in, and in a, in a, in a treated him in a way that made him respond. Yeah. So I I guess Endeavor will probably know that, how to do that too. Well, will tie him down because Best genus had to tie him down. <laughs> Oh, no, they're getting rid of that. And several scenes in this show, Bako's been tied to something because he couldn't act right. <laughs> I mean, Baku's kind of like, t- you know, kind of toned down. He isn't he isn't one 100 the same as he used to be. So, I mean, sure, so he's even giving advice to people that I don't think he would have given advice to in the past. So I don't even think Bucky would have been down to help Deku out with anything in the past either. So it's like he's he's definitely made some growth. He's doing things he wouldn't otherwise normally do. And I like that about his character. Yeah. But we are almost two hours into this. But um, I guess that's it. The next episode, well, next podcast, not the not this one coming up, but the one following in July third. We'll specifically be focusing on Shaman King. Uh, meaning, I guess we'll probably go in from, like, My Hero Academia to Shaman King, and then to into Shaman King more. So we'll, we'll, we'll get the logistics of that mapped out. And if maybe something else pops up in the meantime to watch, I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll deal with all that when it comes down to it. But next week, definitely, if there's no My Hero episode coming out, we will definitely be reviewing that. So, um, until next time, see you guys then.